I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. You're listening to the COB podcast here at AusBiz. It is June the 7th. I am David Scott, joined today by Carl Rotter on a pretty historic day. Carl, the first 50 basis point hike delivered by the RBA since 2000. Yeah. Now, uh, going back a long way then, but a bit of a surprise to the market. So people were flirting with the idea of 25 and 40. Got a 50. Yeah, this is the new look RBA, I think. And I think I joked last time uh, we were doing this podcast after the May meeting that the last time that they hiked interest rates, I was in high school. We're just about to finish it. Well, 2000, I was eight years old. So this for me is uh, a historic thing and uh, something that the markets haven't seen, obviously, for a very long time. And yeah, it seems that Governor Lowe's uh, brandishing himself with new hawkish feathers because this is very, very different from the RBA that we've gotten used to. What do you make about some of the market reaction? We saw equities, of course, splattered in response that uh, I know we all knew that rate hikes were coming. But uh, what do you make about some of this, you know, the signal and the noise we talk about when it comes to the RBA? Do you reckon this is one of those moments where it's like, you no, know, signaling, hey, we're not just talking about rate hikes, we're serious about going into and starting to normalise policy settings now? Yeah, I think it is. And I think, I mean, what really changed for me is the attitude towards inflation. Now, there was those allusions to gas and electricity prices, and that is a development that has more emerged over the last month. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, it's been going on for a little while, but we've seen a big jump recently. Um but it was just the tone of the document. Um, it, the, the focus on inflation was was um, so homed in on. And they alluded to as well the changes in their expectations for inflation, even from their last meeting, which would have been including the inflation expectations that were published in the Statement on Monetary Policy, which were already implying that the headline CPI wouldn't be coming down to within target until 2024. So all of that says to me is the RBA has really pivoted hard towards trying to control inflation here. Um, and that leaves that kind of open question whether we could continue to get, you know, sort of 50 basis point hikes at, you know, coming meetings that would, you know, clearly be a shock to the economy. And we saw that we saw that in the uh, stock market today, consumer discretionary getting smoked, financials getting smoked basically, um, you know, not on this sort of net interest margin story, but there, that there will be some sort of slowdown in economic activity as a result. So... It really was just a, a marked change in tone. I guess, it, you know, going back to what I said before, this is just a different RBA now. That's the surprise. Yeah, so the XJO down 1.5%. Uh, Aussie dollar had a bit of a wild ride. It uh, no, popped well and truly above uh, 72, 72.45 session high. Currently trading just under 72. So a big reversal there off a bit of resistance as well. Big moves in bond markets as well. No reversal there. Uh, seeing a real shellacking, a bare flattening of the curve. So uh, nearer term, no duration. So three years uh, rising much more higher when it comes to yields than the back end of the curve. Uh, still three two, 326 for uh, for three years, 3.56 
for 10 years. <laughs> what do we think about that pricing? I know I'm looking at this at the moment and I'm looking at some of the uh, more interest rate uh, sensitive parts of the economy. I see the RBA getting more aggressive now and going more preemptively than what it's done in any period recently. Do we think the cash rate really gets to a level above 3% as markets and some forecasters are predicting right now? I mean, I, I wouldn't like to put myself out as being smart enough to know, but what really strikes me is that spread between, say, 3 and 10s or 10, 10 minus 3. Um, because generally speaking, when you do look at the back end of the Australian yield curve, is that we tends to reflect a much stronger structural growth story, mostly because of our exposure to, to Asia and China in particular. Whereas, you know, if you look in the United States, there are still all those questions about whether, you know, we might return to some kind of disinflationary environment in the long run and that some, some of those structural growth drivers aren't, aren't quite as strong. But if we're seeing that spread narrow the way that it is, there's this building speculation, it would appear to me, that the RBA is willing to sacrifice demand and, you know, I suppose really slow the economy down in the in the sort of short to medium term in order to make sure expectations for inflation doesn't don't don't fly out of out of control so that that seems really fascinating to me whether we get that high i don't know the, the argument that household debt is too large seems fairly fairly compelling to me but the markets are pricing it in and i guess you could kind of say in a way that the markets haven't been wrong so far Markets not being wrong so far. I think they're going to be wrong at this one, though. Uh, I, I liked that the other pricing was. I thought that inflation was going to be much more sticky than what it, uh, many were predicting last year. But to me, I can already see that softening in the housing market. And uh, the fact that that's already taking place, we know that fixed rates have gone and moved uh, quite substantially. Swap rates have moved quite substantially as well. I don't think it's going to take too much to go and slow the economy down and get people thinking about their finances more broadly. So I'll be stunned if we go and get a cash rate above 3%. Yeah, and just, just, just on that one too, just as far as the economists that I do speak to, so so people who do know what they're talking about or much more uh, than, than I do, is that um, though a lot of those fixed rate loans don't roll off till next year, so there's expected to be this big lag effect where these rate horizons will actually really bite in 2023. So that sort of feeds into your argument there. Yeah, and there's still a lot of facilities that are still on floating rates as well, so we've got to keep that in mind as well. So they're all going to feel the crunch of that as well, particularly in some of those some more indebted uh, cities around the country that have seen probably biggest uh, price rises in recent years. I'm talking to you, Sydney and Melbourne and probably Brisbane as well, uh, given what we've seen recently. Uh, look, uh, big impact on the uh, the markets here. So, material space managed to try and almost call back into a uh, positive territory, but uh, not really uh, doing it. So, uh, no pockets of green on screen, but uh, more long duration parts of the market. It is just a bloodbath today. Uh, looking across the market map, REITs absolutely smashed. You know, very very long duration kind of. A- bond proxy attributes to it as well uh the tech space as well you cannot go and uh, pass some of the moves here zip down 15 percent uh that is ugly fresh multi-year closing low uh below 70 cents points bet holdings down six percent uh kogan down six percent uh idp education same kind of figures megaport down five percent the list goes on even some of those you know, profitable names such as rea group uh not spared the selling pressure down 4.7% as well, zero off a lazy 4.3. So if you're in the market, a lot of people have gone and come on the program and said that they like those particular names. Well, they've just got a lot cheaper for you today after the RBA. Uh, even the financials, despite the other uh, impact on net interest margins that you would get from that big outsized uh, rate hike, uh, no joy coming through there. NAB actually closed down more than 3%. Brutal. CBA, 2.5%. So maybe a few people concerned about the economic ramifications of this uh, faster rate hiking cycle we've seen now from the board. Uh, look, one stock that really got hammered yesterday, of course, was Magellan. 
uh, really brought another a spotlight on that uh, sector and how much pressure it's seen at the moment. Platinum Asset Management is another one in that space. So we thought today I would go and do a bit of a deep dive into the wealth managers and we decided to go make Platinum our, uh, our stock of the day. So Koshi sat down with our guest today to go and get a sense of it. So he spoke with Mark Gardner from Macro Capital and Howard Coleman from Team Invest to get their sense as to whether Platinum was worthy of buying the dip. Take a listen. The whole sector really for me is, is a void. Oh, it's an avoid at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah, look, and look, it's a, it's a real metrics trap because, you know, it's got a low PE, low PE mm. versus sector. It's got a great, you know, Great numbers, but look, if, if there's net outflows of funds, all yep. of those numbers don't mean anything at all. So um, yeah. they've also been, Magellan's been removed from the ASX 100, and then uh, I think these guys have been redu- uh, removed from the ASX 200. Right. So in, there's going to be pressure on these guys from index fund sellers as well. So right. I'd be, yeah, I'm a seller. The fact that they haven't increased their earnings per share in 15 years means they've really gone backwards. And if you'd been invested in them, hardly surprisingly, the value of your shares have gone backwards as in fact they have. But I think overall, the time to be buying into uh, asset management companies is at the beginning of a boom in markets, not when interest rates are rising, but when interest rates are falling. So definitely a no from me, even though it looks cheap as Mark pointed out. So in uh, short, Carl, the answer is no. no. <laughs> closer to record lows today for Platinum Asset Management has really been a tough time for those wealth managers mm-hmm. out there at the moment. Um, I had some good chats uh, before the RBA out today. One of those was with uh, Alex McCullough from Harper Benet. Uh, I've got an ally in uh, suggesting that bond yields and where rates are pricing at the moment looks a little bit richer. He thinks that uh, no, the bond yields have probably gone and peaked or very close to peaking this cycle. So he's gone and adjusting a few of uh, the way that he's investing in other asset classes, including in the equity space. Came and, uh, gave me a couple of names to go and keep a close eye on as well. So make sure you have a listen to that in the show notes. Also spoke as well with Stephen Everett from Thesson Asset Management uh, talking about economic risk. He's pretty bearish uh, about the uh, the broader uh, economic outlook, uh, particularly when it comes to the consumer sector. So it gives us his playbook as to what he likes in the local market. Now, if you've got to be invested in parts of the market, of course, an economic slowdown does present opportunities and uh, know ways to go and make money still. So definitely worth your while there as well. Uh, for the RBA chats that you had, Carla, uh, anything really stand out from the other guests we spoke to? Uh, there was a plenty there. Um, I suppose uh, we had Sarah Hunter, we had Warren Hogan, um, Stephen Dooley from Convera wrapping it all up. Just, yeah, I mean, kind of just reflected the shock and awe that I think came through in the uh, in the particular statement. Had a few good conversations as well on the stock front um, in terms of, uh, well, mostly from the Marcus Today guys, actually. Got a got a Marcus Today double um, on the trade. Chris Conway gave us a few ideas and maybe something to allude to as well was just, um, you know, what's happening in the tech space with um, uh, Apple's uh, late later pay or pay later or whatever whatever the um, buzzy name that we've got out of that sort of smoking the space. And Henry, Henry Jennings basically, you know, calling the death of buy now, pay later in Australia, which isn't uh, wasn't isn't too unfair but yeah I mean in terms of those those RBA um, uh, commentators Warren Hogan pretty um, pretty pleased with with what he saw Sarah Hunter reasonably surprised revising up her, her forecast for, for rates uh, and yeah Dool's giving a pretty good rap on the uh, on the Aussie dollar there yeah uh, Warren Hogan has been uh, pretty hawkish and uh, I know been calling for the RBA to go get on with it for quite a while so I'm sure he's uh, he's probably feeling pretty chipper today you no know, looking for some uh, some of the bigger moves to come through we'll see what the RBA does when it gets uh, some more information ahead including that inflation report for the June quarter which will arrive in late July so blockbuster you'd imagine in August whether the bank goes 
season follows up with another 50 next month. Well, I say a lot will probably come down to what the commentary from the, uh, the Federal Reserve has to go and say, and of course ECB later on this week. Uh, any expectations about what the ECB may go and do? I know I think everyone's so universally of the view that the bond buying program is over for the moment. Uh, any other scope for shock? Well, I mean, you've got to listen to Philip Lane, who recently said that, um, I believe his words, that 25 basis points in the next couple of meetings were the baseline minimum or something to that effect. I'm probably paraphrasing a little bit. So they're going to move their cash rate higher. I mean, it's not a great environment, or their their bank rates, I should say. Um, it's not a great environment for for Europe to be doing it. But I guess they don't have any choice. It's it's a bit of a stagflationary mix there. Yeah, I think I saw in a forecast from Bank of America, Merrill Lynch coming out uh, talking about uh, yeah multiple fifty basis point hikes in the ECB over the coming meetings. Uh, it sounds very hawkish. We know that we've got more than a hundred basis points of hikes into the OIS curve. So yeah, even the ECB looks at to go and normalise policy settings. Whether it's going to be a looming policy mistake down the line, uh, certainly not that same demand side of the equation that we're seeing in other parts of the world, including here in Australia. So lots to go and digest. We've also got those inflation readings in China. And and the states later on in the week. So plenty of big macro events that continue to go and, and focus on. Interesting uh, across the other uh, broader regions today, a bit of buying in some of the other uh, blue chips in China, but uh, really soggy elsewhere, like big declines coming through in most other Asian markets uh, at this stage. Uh, no, topics excluded, which is uh, reflecting what's going on with the Japanese yen. Really has a feel like, no, there's, uh, there's more pressure coming again to the downside. Just uh, looking at uh, E-minis at this stage, off two-thirds of a percent on really nothing at all. US dollar stronger. Typically, when we see that, it's risk-off sentiment. So we'll see what happens overnight. But uh, early signs are that it will not be a great session. We'll see what happens tomorrow morning. We'll Absolutely. wrap it there. Yeah, sounds good. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good night. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.